Hey, uh, welcome to Nada Grande Outdoors. Kyle Jackson with Rodney Wood. And this time we didn't have to double tap and swipe. No tapping, no swiping. I think Anchor uh, finally figured that out. Uh, maybe made it a little easier to do. Right, right. They they stopped uh, with the whole tap twice, swipe up thing. That or we're just finally figuring out what we were supposed to. There's an ant crawling around on my phone. Well, that's what happens when you do a podcast outdoors. Well, I like the outdoors. That's why we are not a grande outdoors. outdoors. <laughs> hey, Rodney, uh, glad you can make it tonight. I know this has uh, been a busy couple of weeks for you, and uh, we are doing this podcast um, because we've, you know, specifically you, uh, this past couple of weeks have been dealing with some uh, some really personal issues. Yeah, we've. Um, we're going to get a little bit emotional on you guys tonight and we're going to have this this discussion here tonight about uh about our mentors about the the men in our lives um and it could be a woman in your life it, it, either or but the but the men in our lives that got us into the haunting and the outdoors um Kyle you previously lost your father um I did and, I lost my dad um almost nine years ago yeah yeah and then uh this uh past couple of weeks i've been dealing with the same thing i lost my uncle um I, I never knew my dad but my uncle was um well for all intents and purposes he was he was my father i mean he he's the one that uh the man in my life that helped raise me and uh, the one that taught me to hunt fish cuss fight uh all the all the fun things about being a man and and all of the hard things about being a man as well um so it's been a trying couple of weeks and uh we had his memorial today uh this evening um one of the reasons that we chose to go ahead and do the podcast tonight was we wanted that emotion um you know we're hoping that it'll come across to you guys but we wanted to to touch on it while it's fresh with us. Well, I don't think uh, there's much you do in the outdoors that doesn't involve involve emotion. Um, no, there shouldn't be. For there sure. shouldn't be. You know, if you're if you're doing something that that you're not passionate about, that you're not emotional about, you probably ought not be doing that. Yeah. And yeah. so you know, there's oftentimes. You know, especially I think lately when uh, in this outdoors industry, especially the hunting industry, uh, you, there's a lot of technical aspects of it, but it really boils down to the passion that you have for it. And that's kind of what these uh, mentors instilled in us. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Unc, uh, as I refer to him, was he was instrumental in that you know he he you know he took me on my first fishing trip he took me on my first hunting trip um camping all of that stuff you know without him um i wouldn't be sitting here today uh talking with you about hunting mm -hmm. um but Sure, some of us may be just you know, we may be just born to be 
hunters, but that doesn't mean that that's the path that we're going to be set upon. You know, without those mentors to guide us through life in that direction, um, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing that. Well, and I think I'm a I'm a really good example of that. I mean, um, I grew up on a ranch, so mm-hmm. I grew up in the outdoors. Uh, I, I learned a respect for animals. I learned um, about the cycle of life. I saw death. I saw disease. I saw injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that uh, those experiences through that aspect of my life but my dad also took me hunting took me fishing took me camping and there's a million different ways i could have gone in my life Mm -hmm. um turns out you know met you in college and and you had similar interests as i did i Mm -hmm. you know i wasn't there was a time span there in college where I didn't do any hunting at all, any fishing at all. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, involved in getting my education and things like that. But I came back to it because that foundation was laid whenever I was young. My dad took me hunting, right. took me fishing. Right. And then through those other experiences, I, I, I had a, whether I knew it or not, had a healthy respect and a passion for the outdoors. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I mean, you know, I've, since I started hunting, um, I won't, there's only been one year in my entire life that I didn't hunt. You know, I, I moved to Oklahoma, nineteen ninety nine. Um, I did not hunt that year. I was up there going to school uh, with my aunt and uncle, and um, there's not a ton of of big game hunting in Oklahoma. I mean, they have deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was situated, where I was living at the time. Um, plus, I, you know, I, Unc wasn't there. And to that point, I hadn't hunted with anybody other than my family. Yeah. Uh, it was strictly a family endeavor. And But I did do a lot of fishing up there. I mean, I fished all over the place because they, they may not have a ton of great hunting in Oklahoma, but they dang sure have some good fishing. Uh fished all over that country it was fantastic um but yeah so i've hunted every year um except for that one and the majority of them until like you said we got together and and we kind of decided to branch out you know we they teach about it in in hunter safety and and uh, hunter's education and uh the different stages of hunting that you go through yeah uh, I think we kind of fell into the same, we were kind of in the same stage where it was, you know, it's just about the experience, the the entire experience, you know, uh, and that's a lot of what, you know, Nada Grande is about is the experience. And um, we were in kind of the same place and um, kind of broke away from my just hunting with my family. I mean, I've still hunted with my family, but yeah, started hunting me and you together and um changed a lot of uh, my hunting ideals and um, the way I hunt and stuff like that but the foundation was always there uh, from Uncle Lonnie yeah Um, I did not say Uncle Lonnie Uh, it's Uncle Ani And we just call him love, lovingly refer to him as Unc. Unc, yes, he's he's been Unc to me for a long time. 
And uh, he, very sad to see him go. I, uh, when we were over at the memorial earlier, I um, it was interesting, you know, having gone through this uh, with my dad. Um, I know where you're you're kind of at. I've been there myself, uh, but it was interesting to me. Um, my our wives, mm-hmm. we just did a podcast with them, but our wives. Uh, you know, lost their dad. Correct. Uh, last year, and so we all kind of feel like we were in, have been there, and and know yep. what each other are going through, and that's a really strong bond. But it was interesting to me to to sit and and talk with your family and realize that I knew Unc before I knew any of either of our wives. Either of our, yeah, before I knew either yeah. of our wives or their family. Correct. That was very interesting to to, realization. to kind of realize yeah. that. Yeah, I hadn't I had not thought about that till you just brought it up. But you are correct. Yeah, we we knew. Uh, well, we brought our elk. Those we brought our elk. We brought down. our elk down. And cut we them did. Up. We cut them up. You know, and that's uh, you know that's a perfect story with Unc. You know, um, that was my first elk and your first elk. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget. We 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 harvested these two elk. Um, one of the coolest up here, hunts. up here in Sa- the Sacramento Mountains with your brother. Yeah, uh, great experience having him in there with us, <laughs> right? And um, we we harvested these two elk when it was all said and done. We, um, I shot my elk. Fifteen minutes later, you shot your elk, and they were laying. down and laying seventy three yards apart. Yeah. And we had two elk, and at the time, we were in, co- in college, and I had that little bitty Nissan red pickup. Nissan, yeah. yeah, that little red Nissan pickup. And we put both of those elk gutted, but hooves and horns sticking, sticking out everywhere, everywhere from the back of that little bitty red Nissan pickup. I didn't, th- I didn't, I didn't think. I thought coming down the hill, you were going to scrape your freaking oh, bumper off. It was crazy, and 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 I remember when we we come <laughs> off the hill. We got into Cloudcroft, and I called Uncle Lonnie, uh-huh. and I said, Unc, I got an elk. Can I bring him down to the shop so we can process him? And he said, sure, you know where the key's at. And he was at work, uh, and... Because we got him early in the yeah, morning. Yeah, we got him early in the morning. Like he we was were at, done by He was at work. Long. It was Monday morning. Yep. I remember that, because me and you had hunted Saturday, and then your brother was available Monday. Mm-hmm. And when I when I get when we got to the shop, there was Unc, you know, with a big old smile on his face, and he helped he helped you you took you took yours to the processor, and I I processed my own, um, and he didn't he didn't stay the whole time, you know, he helped me get it hung up and uh, and skinned, and then he had to go back to work. But you know, I remember I remember talking to Aunt Karen later. Um, and her telling me um, that he had called her and said, I'm headed home because Rodney got an elk. And, and he was so excited, you know, because that was my first elk. And she said, um, she told me, you know, he'd called her and said, I'm going home because Rodney got an elk. And she said she could just hear the excitement in his voice. And um, to find out that, you know, later after the fact was you know it meant a lot to me it, it, it was you know 
to know that he was excited for something that I had done. Yeah. I and mean, he had he had zero part to play in in the actual physical taking of that elk. But without him it would have never happened. Yeah. And and so it was it was really cool to see or to learn about the excitement that he had um for me harvesting that elk. It was it was pretty cool, you know, and I, I learned that much later. Um, much later in life after we had, had taken those elk but um, I thought that was pretty cool very cool um, you know that's 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 the experience that we talk about you know you and I have uh, have hunted together you know off and on since since that hunt Correct. and recently that's you know we've hunted together almost exclusively uh, mm-hmm. along with our friend Didon. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know having that bond having those really good hunting buddies is tantamount to you know having family. Yes. Yeah. It, you know your, your your hunting buddies are your family. Mm-hmm. Um your true hunting buddies. Now I mean I've I've hunted with other people. Um and and I, so my family we're a very large family and and growing up as kids um you know when we when we went hunting everybody went hunting um well you have quote unquote elk camp yes i mean yeah, that's where we camp. stayed yeah um uh, our first hunt that's where we camped hunt. that's where we camped yeah um yeah and we've been hunting out of that camp uh, it's public land and we've been hunting out of that camp for more than 20 years yeah you know we've been we've been hunting from right there for a long long time and um uh yeah when we when we're like when we're kids young young kids you know when i was you know four or five six uncle never had to take me with him with him i was just a nephew um but he did you know he, he did because he loved me and um he loved his wife and he loved my mom and 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 I know that he felt it was the right thing to do for him to take me so I could learn all these things and he wanted to do it so but we had everybody we had all of my cousins aunts uncles and and I have you know uncle unc he lived close to me so he was the most uh instrumental in in my raising as a man but I had several other uncles you know um his brother, his brother-in-law, are both you know great uncles to me, and the aunts, you know, all all of his siblings and his in-laws and his cousins. That's my family. Yeah. You know, I have my mom's brothers and sisters. Uh, they weren't around because uh, they didn't live close, but but Unc's family, um, they were all here, and and even though technically, can you because uh he was married to my mom's sister so technically they weren't family they're family yeah that's my family and that's been my family my whole life and i couldn't ask for a better family they they we had such huge camps you know everybody and i I mean everybody went all the wives all the kids we hunted deer we hunted elk um it's a family deal i mean to me that's how i hunt and when i hunt with you and didon uh, we're hunting as family. That's that's what we are. We're we're a family, and that's what your good hunting buddies are. Is your family? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a. I've never been a. Uh, 
self hunter, a guy that goes out hunting by myself. I've done it. Um, but to me, uh, I like the, the camaraderie. Well, I'm with you. I mean, um, so a couple of years ago, we talked, call it our backdoor hunt mm-hmm. where we, you know, got a couple of private land tag elk tags because we, yep. we didn't draw. Yep. Um, I harvested my elk in the middle of the week. We we had hunted earlier in the, the previous weekend, but I harvested my elk in the middle of the week just because, you know, I didn't want to run out of time and and we needed some elk meat and that type of thing. But I went out and I did it by myself. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, it just wasn't as satisfying an experience as when we go hunting together because I didn't have anybody to. You know, slap hands. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I didn't have anybody to celebrate with me in in the harvesting in the of moment. that animal, in that yeah. moment, in the, you know, the adrenaline dump, mm-hmm. the, um, the, and mind you, I, all I had to do was drive the pickup down and, and right. load it right. in, but um, in the ultimate experience of, you know, it was a shared effort to get that right. animal. Uh, you know, it, it mm-hmm. just to me, it was not as as meaningful and not as fun as when you and I and and on you know, now on have hunted together, and um, I think that's that's kind of why you and I have stuck together for so yeah, long because we, I, we both enjoy agree. that. I absolutely agree. Well, and there's... other than the fact that you know, <sighs> we just like being around each yeah other. yeah um and there's there's something to be said for you know the the people that go off into the wilderness and and do it all by themselves i mean that's a great accomplishment um respect that tremendously yeah, absolutely there, there's something to be definitely said for that especially if that's kind of what you're after um i don't know that i'll ever do that in my life simply because of what you just said it, it means so much more to me um to do it as a family, to do it as as a a pair, um, to have somebody to share that experience with. I mean, it's why we get married, right? Yeah. It's why we get married, just so we have somebody there to share our life experiences with. And to me, um, that's, that's what I like about it is is the the being able to share the moment, uh, uh, and when we've fortunately been able to share that. You know, many times we've harvested many animals together, uh, deer, elk, um, you know, and hopefully uh, many more. Yeah. And so <laughs> I got to share this story. You know, you, you talked about your uh, one of your fond memories of Unk, and um, I've got to share this story because I will always remember this this story. It was the first time I ever went hunting. I didn't even have the tag. But my dad and my, I think my older brother, had drawn a tag up around Chama. Mm-hmm. And I, I may have talked about this before, but I, um, again, it, it's one of those things that just imprints on your mind. And we went up there, and and my brother, my twin brother and I were both old enough to finally go. We were excited because we freaking love camping. We're kids. Mm-hmm. We get up. Uh, to where we're going to be hunting 
we start pulling everything out of the pickup and uh and hopefully uh you know in the, in the future when we start talking about our camps and things like this this will help somebody out someday but right <laughs> you know as well as i do uh in tornado mode right uh, sometimes you aren't as prepared as you think you are right. that's why we like checklists right Right, uh, but we got up there, started unloading, unloading stuff uh, at camp, and we pull out, you know, the tent poles, and there's no tent. Oh, <laughs> my dad had forgotten to put the tent in. He put the tent poles, but he forgot to put the tent. And this was a a big six man tent, so you know it was hard hard to miss. But right, he'd missed it in the rush of getting gone and all that stuff and so he i remember we had a bunch of blankets and we took and made a a tent as best we could with the poles and the blankets and uh it rained didn't it it didn't rain <laughs> oh. it snowed a foot it snowed. that night Lovely. so we all got in the blanket tent and we were you know cozied up and going to sleep and i don't know what time it was but because it had snowed, one of the blankets collapsed. And so, <laughs> middle of the night, we're fixing the, the blanket tent. And we were in my dad's old 79 Ford, which was a two-wheel drive pickup. Mm -hmm. And so we got up in the morning, I mean, just like a foot of snow on the ground. And it was still snowing. And uh, so we broke down camp and we put everything. When we, I remember getting up and I remember seeing elk through the snow. And I thought, man, are we gonna kill one? And my, I, you know, I, I'm sure my dad was more worried about getting out of that dad place and, right, you know, than than getting an elk. And so we packed everything up, and luckily, them old '79 Fords were just pure steel, right. And so the weight of it gave us enough to to get up and get out and get to the highway. And but I'll never forget that, you know, it it uh, yeah, and the. the it still drives me today, you know. <laughs> those those moments resonate. You know, we were we had a hunt, um, a deer hunt. We was we was on uh, archery hunt. It's January, and those tend to be snowy. And we woke up this one morning, and there was already about eight inches of snow on the ground, and it was still snowing. And and me and my cousin pretty much always hunted together, and and me and him struck out a camp early in the morning, and I bet we'd maybe went. 200 yards and it was snowing like crazy and I turned around and you couldn't hardly see our footprints anymore so I hollered at my cousin and I was like hey check it out uh, they're filling up just about as fast as we can walk you know and so we we discussed it a little bit and we decided maybe we should just go ahead and go back to camp right now mm -hmm. before we can't even tell where we're at yeah I mean you know that was kind of snow it was you couldn't see very far them deer were going to be hunkered down so we decided to go ahead and turn around go back to camp we went back to camp and of course all of the adults they never left yeah yeah they, they weren't they were like we knew you boys would be back <laughs> <laughs> and so we sat around camp for for a little while and we decided that we were going to jump in the truck and and drive to another area where hopefully it wasn't snowing because mm. you know we wanted to hunt yeah we didn't want to sit in camp so so me and son jump in the truck and he's got this uh two-wheel drive single cab four pickup and 
just shortly out of camp where we were there, were, there was a hill, a pretty good hill that she had to go up to get to where we were headed. And we get about halfway up this hill and we're just sliding. We're not going anywhere anymore and uh, sliding back and forth in the snow and the ice and the mud and and son says hold on and we start sliding backwards just a little bit and then all of a sudden bam and I thought Did you hit something and I turn around and look and there's Uncle Lonnie and he's got his <laughs> four wheel drive Ford pickup and he just drove right up behind us and touched bumpers and gave her hell and he pushed us all the way up the top of that <laughs> hill and over and and we once we got up to the hill it's pretty much flat all the way to where we were headed and we me and son drove half the day uh, through the mud and the snow just to get where we were going but it wasn't snowing there and we hunted yeah. and we saw some deer and uh, I'll just never forget that you know and Unc, Unc had to saw us from camp sliding up that videos. hill and <laughs> jumps in his truck and comes up there and you just drove right into us bam and took us on up the hill and as you, you don't forget those moments man. they live with you forever well and then you know the other thing you were you were talking earlier about a um something that Unc did for you that you never even knew about he um uh which one was that that was the youth um yeah he, yeah so you know growing up we we always hunted and so when i when i first started hunting uh you just go down to the store and buy a deer tag yeah you didn't have to draw but there were certain hunts that you did have to draw for um, out here on the missile range was two of them to to hunt out here um, at, at either Oscar or Salinas Peak were two quality deer hunts a lot of big deer big, deer at, big, big deer at the time yeah. uh, and they had youth hunts and it, it alternated from Oscar to Salinas uh, one year it was Oscar one year it was Salinas and um, yeah Unc put us Unc put us kids in that hunt for years trying to draw us a tag and um, by the time we had grown up, you know, grown, you, you could only do that as a youth. So pre eighteen, when we got when we got grown, um, I remember Unc saying, um, "I wish I could have got you boys out there on the missile range." And I said to him, "Well, didn't you have to put put us in for that?" And he said, "I've been putting you boys in for that hunt for years because." I've always wanted you to have an opportunity to kill a big buck. And, uh, yeah, that that always resonated with me, too. Because, again, it's the same thing. You know, he didn't have to take me. Um, I was one of his boys, even though I wasn't. And that's, that's the mentor mentality, though. Yeah. That's what mentors do for you. It's not about whether you're blood or you're not blood or you're friend or you're not friend. It's about a person... Doing something for somebody else that they don't have to do um, because it's a good thing to do. Well, I think that is one thing that really needs to happen in the hunting community, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, is it's we a need big to deal. see more mentors in the hunting community. Um, we're seeing it, you know, the, the department's tried, tried to do some programs, um, you know, mentor youth programs where you, you didn't have to have hunter education to put in for draws and, and things like that. And that, those are really good things. Uh, but you know as well as I do, 
if 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 you don't know about something and particularly hunting as hunt, as involved as hunting is if you've never done it and you don't have somebody to guide you through it it's a it's a tough road to hope yeah well n- n- not just not just somebody to guide you through but somebody that has the stuff i mean hunting hunting is not a overly cheap sport either mm-hmm. um depending on the type that you're going to do you know if you're going to backpack in or you know if, or if you're you know if you're a place where you're going to camp all of that gear you know um i know for me you know starting out as a young man uh well, as, a, as a boy really when i started but even when i got into you know being a young man and stuff if if i wouldn't have had unk i couldn't have done it you know i didn't, I didn't. the first hunt i ever went on um, I used my uncle's rifle. You know, he had an old 300 Savage that I carried. You know, 12-year-old kid walking through the forest carrying that 300 Savage. Um, and without it, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have had a gun because I didn't, I didn't own one at that time. Well, even, even, <laughs> and, and <laughs> maybe this will, you know, we come at this from the perspective of the every everyday man and most guys don't have the money to buy a you know a gun for every species that that they're going right. to hunt we talk about you know you talked about you being a young man using his rifle held the uh the backdoor hunt that we went on i had i had purchased a 30 out 6 for my wife mm-hmm. i was using that and the only other big caliber gun I had was a three hundred Savage that was my dad's, and you used the three hundred Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up, you you later took the thirty out six, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's exactly right. You know, you, I've bar- as as a common guy, you kind of beg, borrow, and steal where yeah, you can. I've I've borrowed. Um, well, perfect example. We went. Um, you know, I, I've yeah, I've borrowed. Um, you know, I called Uncle Elton. Uh, our, our last muzzleloader hunt that we had over there near Artesia, um, Didon brought a muzzleloader, and what was wrong with it? I don't know, but it I don't. Just would I don't remember. Not shoot. Something. Some. There was something happened to his muzzleloader, and um, we went down to. Excuse me. We went down to. <laughs> For those of you who couldn't see him, he just sneezed the the most ridiculous sneeze I've ever seen. Well, I was seen. trying not to make it overly loud for yeah, the podcast. Right. But now that you've explained to everybody, I should have just kablooied all over the place. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> kablooied we, all over the place. We went down to Roswell to get to get a... Uh, you weren't going to buy a muzzleloader? What was we it? We were trying to find... Bullets. bullets for it. We were trying to find bullets for his muzzleloader. That's right. And, and oh, that's right. That's what happened. I borrowed a muzzleloader. You borrowed. I Jeff's. borrowed Jeff's muzzleloader. Yeah. Our father-in-law. And, yeah, our father-in-law. And you only had a thought cal- it was a fifty caliber. Yes. Yeah. He said it's fifty caliber. Turned out it was a fifty-four caliber. I had all the fifty caliber well, makings. Yeah, and I had all the fifty caliber makings. Correct. And got down there and I was like, uh oh. 
54 caliber. Right? And so we went down there to try and get some 54 caliber stuff. They didn't have any. And I called Uncle Elton, and he didn't have anything. So I ended up finishing off that hunt with yours. Yep. And that's what I harvested my deer with, was your 50 caliber muzzleloader. That's right. And uh, on the same note, our first elk hunt together, the one that we harvested to 73 yards apart, mm -hmm. that muzzleloader that I was shooting was my sister-in-law's. There you go. Ty yes. had, um, I, you know, we drew that muzzleloader hunt, and Ty had said, yeah, I got this muzzleloader. It's open yeah. sides. You can use it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done that almost my entire hunting career. Yeah. The first bow tag I ever drew was in the Viva Doll once in a lifetime bow tag. I didn't even have a bow. I right. had a bar I was like I was put in for it with my brothers yeah. and uh I was we drew it. Yeah. You know, I thought ah, I'll never draw this. Drew it. Man I, so I borrowed a bow from a friend. Yeah. Now the first archery hunt that we went on together, I know that you went on that one, but the first archery hunt did you you borrowed a bow as well. And then you bought my bow. Or we traded for my bow. We but, traded for your bow, yeah. yeah. But I think, I'm pretty sure that the first archery hunt that me and you went on together, you borrowed a bow. I mean, we've, we've both borrowed yeah, and Yeah, that's what you do. And without those people in your life to do that with, um, you know, we borrowed the ranger from, from Pappy. Yeah. Uh, that's my father-in-law, me and Jay. Kyle's father-in-law. He, he passed away um, shortly after that elk hunt. We borrowed his ranger. Um you know, I've borrowed multiple firearms uh, from people. You know, it, it, we we are the definition of your everyday hunter who doesn't have um all of the goods that that one wishes they had yeah. for sure. I mean, we've we've come a long way since then. We have. Uh, we've we've stockpiled a lot of stuff, especially our camping gear, um, some more. Um, rifles and bows you know I've got a fantastic bow now I bought that elite uh -huh. um, impulse 34 that I absolutely love uh, it's such a great shooting bow but but yeah we've we've borrowed I borrowed uh, my first archery hunt I borrowed Uncle Lonnie's bow yeah um, before you know until I could buy one that's what we, that's what you do you borrow those things and 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 those mentors in your life are the ones that uh, that are loaning those things to you and, and it's it's very hard thing to get into without that it is they they really lay that foundation mm -hmm. there that that initial role model you know being a mentor is it's more than teaching it's it's more than than just teaching or just coaching you know they're sharing their experiences they're sharing that knowledge mm -hmm. they're there to celebrate your achievements you told a story about uh, mm -hmm. Unc being there for when he got yep. you know he he didn't have to take no he left work to do that work. and and that's hard for the working men to do i mean yep. that's that's really hard for the 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 blue collar working men to do to 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 go ahead and say um i got to go yeah i've got to go and be with my nephew for a few minutes yeah. to to help celebrate this this piece of his life, um, and and that's 
And see, and there's another thing right there. It's it's not just about hunting. It, 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 you know, they, they, they touch your lives in so many more ways than just hunting. It wasn't just about the hunt or the harvest. Uh, he taught me in that moment that work doesn't always need to come first. Yeah. Sometimes family is more important. Most times, and, family is and, more important. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, it was it was a good lesson because so so now, uh, looking back, you know, maybe at the moment I didn't see it, but now looking back, I can see and say without a doubt that that did affect my life in that way because I know that I've done the same thing. I know that I've been at work and been like, you know what, something is going on right now, and as a matter of fact on our elk hunt Mm -hmm. um that's when pappy got sick and we were off hunting on a 10-day elk hunt and we left cut it short we we cut it short because we knew it was more important to get home to our wives because they needed us and that's what and 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 jeff he was a, a mentor to to both of us as well um maybe not in the sense that your dad was to you or the unk was to me but he was in a sense and and um but it was that those kind of lessons that you learn you know uh from them that go beyond just hunting yeah and you know they lay that foundation for you to build on uh, i know that I do, you know, I do my hunting a little bit different than than my dad did. Mm-hmm. You do, you hunt now a little bit different than you grew up hunting. Absolutely. But they still built that foundation and helped, you know, act as a, as a role model of mm-hmm. what, you know, what we gauge pretty much everything against now. Yeah, it, it's kind of like how, it, it's, it's kind of like how Unc taught me, mm-hmm. right? You know when when you know when he taught me how to shoot. Um, he didn't he didn't you know sit me down on a bench, and give me all the the specific particulars you know about put it here and do this you know and he said he you know he handed me the gun, he said, put it up to your shoulder, squeeze it tight, line up your sights, slowly squeeze the trigger. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the extent of the lesson. The rest of it was, now go figure it out. Go yeah. figure out what works for you. And that may, you know, that's not how everybody teaches or how everybody should teach. But that's how he taught. And that's that's the point. Like you said, it's the foundation. He gave me the basics. And then I built up the rest for myself. Because we're all different. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's a great example because, you know, my dad... He, he did. He sat us down, at, not necessarily on a bench, but, you know, mm-hmm. he usually had a good rest. And he said, this is how you do it. Line up your front sight with your back sight. Focus on your front sight. Squeeze your trigger. But at the same time, his greatest lesson was teaching us, one, a respect for what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Two, a respect for what we were uh, after, mm-hmm. you know. And three... A respect for the power that nature has absolutely yeah and so again you know two different teaching styles yeah but 
we kind of arrived at the same place. Yes, yeah. It's like you said, it's the foundation, you know, they give you that foundation, that basis, you know. Ankwitz, I remember, he'd drive, he'd drive us out to our hunting area, you know, and he would stop and he would say, here you are, get out, go that way, you'll see deer, you know. And he, 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 you know, he drove us up to one canyon and he said, you're going to get out right here. You're going to go down this canyon. You're going to go up a ridge and you're going to do that three times. When you go down that third ridge, you're going to come to a road. I'll be there for you. So he wasn't necessarily walking us through the woods, telling us this is what you do here. This is what you do there. He kind of let us figure it out. Um, but he gave us that foundation, you know, and that foundation is what we built on. And, and that's, that's that's what uh, that's what it's about. It's about somebody that can give you that foundation um, that you can grow on. But it doesn't just stop there. You no. know, he was uh, you know I'll allude back to it again. But uh, when you had grown past those lessons he was giving you and hunting on your own mm-hmm. and doing those things, he was still there for you. Always, yeah. He never stopped. He never stopped being there. You know, um, even if it's just. You know, like we've talked about, we've started hunting together now, and we're not hunting. So I, I haven't been hunting, hunting with my family in several years now. Um, and I still go up there mm-hmm. during their hunts and, and hang out with them so I can be a part of the family. But um, I would go in and just sit with Unc, talk to him about my hunts, just just share the experience with him verbally. Um, and he would do the same with me there. It, it's it's an ever-growing it's an everlasting thing um sure gonna miss that i'm gonna miss that part of it for sure is is yeah. getting to tell unc about my hunts because he's the one that taught me he's the one that that brought me into the sport that brought me into the lifestyle of hunting and and not having him there to uh to tell my hunting uh, to tell my hunting stories too is going to be tough that's going to be the, that's going to be the tough part yeah, but sure. now I get to pass it on. Now you get to pass it on. I got I got to find a way to play the role of Unc. You know, big shoes to fill. Yeah. And really, you know, that's what Not a Grande is about. Not a Grande Outdoors is about passing this passion on. Um, being a not just a hunter being a mentor yes um we really really believe in the power and less life lessons that can be learned through through this sport through hunting fishing you know trapping and and we got to find a way to pass that on yeah, and that's and that's what this podcast is about. Um, sharing what little information we have with our listeners. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we want to do. We don't want to hoard the information. And and I'm not going to tell you where my number one deer spot is, but I'm going to share as much other information with you as I can. Um, that's that's what we're wanting to do with this. Uh, we're wanting to pay it forward, if you will. Absolutely, um, because if you don't do that, uh, there may be a time come where 
where even you know we cannot right right and i I don't want to deny my children or my children's children or your children or your children's children uh speaking to you listeners um the joy in your unk's eyes as he watches you with your first harvest it's uh it's a great experience great experience um that's again that's what we're we're all about here at not a grande outdoors um if you guys agree with that if you like what we're saying here and find us on facebook find us on instagram uh, we are enjoying doing these things um, and been a special pleasure tonight just to reminisce about those mentors that we've had in our lives yeah that great great men um, fantastic memories uh, like Kyle said find us on Facebook find us on Instagram share us share with us one of your stories uh, Tell us about your mentor and uh, how they touched your lives. We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Adios. Adios.